Thanks for joining us for another edition of It's a Matter of Your Health, the 30-Minute Health Magazine. I'm Dr. Vita Bland, a board-certified family medicine doctor and hypertension specialist. We are so glad that you're with us today. Today, our guest is Dr. James Smith. Now, if you remember, Dr. Smith was with us a while back and he talked about depression. He's a psychiatrist, but today he's going to be here to talk to us about prostate cancer. How does a psychiatrist become an expert on prostate cancer? Dr. Smith, thanks so much for being with us. It is a very pleasure and an honor to be here today. And so let me tell you that that story real quick. Uh, Okay. uh, As a psychiatrist, I was working with the Department of Corrections, doing some health promotions in the community. Uh, Governor Martin, uh, uh, his staff asked me to be part of what we called Healthy Carolinians 2000. Met a gentleman by the name of uh, Joseph Sanders, who was president of the action team, and he uh, brought me on board, and it has been 25 years enjoying this role as a health educator, because at that point in, uh, uh, in our history... Uh, North Carolina was number one from deaths from prostate cancer in the United States. And so... Wow, that's terrible. (laughs) uh, It was terrible. But things have changed. Uh, Believe it or not, we are ninth in the nation now. And New Jersey has the the highest death rate among African-American men uh, in the United States from prostate cancer. Wow, I'm kind of surprised. Well, things have changed over the years. It's uh, a matter of how funding has gone with state legislation. Uh, terms health and wellness and prevention. And so things things have changed. But, uh, you know, some states uh, put forth a lot of efforts in terms of the faith community, public health, organizations like ourselves that took this uh, a cause on uh, to save lives. And so there have been in many improvements. But for some reason, some states have lagged back. It's hard to say why, uh, but uh, uh, clearly prostate cancer is still a top killer of African-American men. It really, really is. What do you think has been done in the state of North Carolina that we've gone from the state with the most deaths to the state now with you know ninth as far? I mean, that's that's a huge change. So, you know. What has what has happened? What have you guys done to make this happen? I believe it's related to networking, 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 Uh, working with local health departments, working with uh, uh, faith communities, helping energize and develop other uh, education and awareness groups throughout the state from the east to the west and help develop uh, these resources in communities and then support those resources with speakers, prostate cancer screenings, and helping them build relationships with their local community hospital uh, to be able to bring about prostate cancer screenings and awareness. You know, I think you're, you're right about that because there was a time when I think a lot of men, period, just didn't go to the, to see their healthcare providers the way they should have, and now they're coming in. And when you mention, because I'm a you know family medicine doc, when I mention, let's go ahead and do this, you know, prostate, you know, well, doc, can you do it through the blood? <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> you know. So, you know, at least they are aware of it and, you know, they want something, you know, done. 
So, you know, w- you know, what is the call? What are you telling people they need to have done? Because, you know, they need to be screened. And at what age are you telling them they need to get screened? But before I answer those specifics, but let me just give a shout out to a gentleman who's not on the air. Tom Joyner. He, ah. he had his bring a brother to the doctor. Ah. Uh, and he did that for years and years and years. And and I hope, you know, that 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 had some impact. But Mm -hmm. I think it's women like yourself that have loved ones that have said, hey, guys, you need to get in there. I heard so and so. And whether it was you or Dr. Me or or Tom Joyner, we brought about bringing those brothers into (laughs) the office. And clearly, it's all right. <laughs> the good sisters did because I've seen many a man that comes into this office. And I said, "Well, hey, how you doing? What you doing here today?" My wife told me, <laughs> "Right, but 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 see, but see, the point that we've tried to make is trying to get African American men to understand that they are are part of the economic welfare of black families." Black families need you not only for companionship, fatherhood, but we need you to be part of the family. And its economics are tough. You know, it's tough on African-Americans. So the bottom line is we need to be able to convince them, come see the doctor, get that digital rectal exam and the PSA. You are so right. You are so right. One of the things that I would like to know from you, though, is when do you tell them they should start to get treated? Well, you know, I mean, when do you tell them they need yeah. uh, screening first? I'm sorry. No problem. Yeah. Uh, this is what we uh, what we say. All right. 40 and above digital rectal and a PSA. But if you have a father, grandfather, uncle, uh, brother who has had prostate cancer, Uh, and you're 35 years old, we recommend screening as early as that when you have a significant family history, partly due to the fact that we have found more African-American men have a more aggressive form of prostate cancer. Uh, and, And so because of that history, we recommend screening every year starting at 40, Unless you have a special circumstance within your family, 35. And we, we, we teach a, a course called Respectful Assertiveness to be able to teach African-American men how to talk to their physician and to encourage them to bring a loved one into the session, especially maybe they may not want them there for the digital rectal or something like that, but at least bring them in for part of the session so that family is involved and that family involvement goes a long way. So we find that it's really effective uh, to have individuals uh, get screened at that age. And we find uh, that it really has worked out well in reducing the morbidity and mortality among African-American men. I'm happy to hear that. I really, really am happy to hear that. And you, you know, and I guess also when they go in to be checked for that, they can get checked for other things also. Well, you, you make a good point because while we reduced our uh, death rate through all of this networking, one of the things we recognize uh, that we didn't want men to die from diabetes and hypertension. You know, we found that men were showing up at our screening events, calling it their annual physical. And we had to correct <gasps> that. We had, we, had to, we had to make a big paradigm shift here. Wait a minute, brother. Hold on now. All right. 
<laughs> uh, uh, because we weren't t- checking blood sugars. We weren't checking uh, blood pressures. And so we had to make a big shift in terms of our message. This is when we pushed our, our we, we made that paradigm shift to yourself to get that screening, not through mass screenings, but to your primary care doctor. And yes, we have had to address the fact that many African-American men throughout our nation may not have health insurance, but there are federally funded health centers throughout every all 50 states and try to do our best to make them aware of those resources if they do not have health insurance to be able to get screened and to get their, their blood pressure checked, get that diabetes checked and colon. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing how well you guys have done about getting guys to go in. And I think that it was just a foreign thing for so many years for uh, African-American men, especially to go to see their primary care physicians. But now it's become a regular thing. I think It has. It has very much so. And we're thrilled about that uh, because our, our prior to COVID, because uh, COVID, you know, it really hit the African-American community nationwide. Our, our, but we were living longer prior to COVID. Yeah, um, and so they were. They were. The statistics were beginning to improve, and the disparities between white and black were closing. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we're worried this year for 2023. The American Cancer Society has gone on record to state that they anticipate a major spike in African American men throughout the United States presenting with advanced prostate cancer and other cancers because of the lack of contact with primary health care providers during COVID. And so we're in almost now three years uh, when you mm. think about it. Um, so we as the action team have been out at, at every event possible. And I will admit, I was pleasantly pleased with the number of health departments, fraternities, sororities, uh, faith communities, uh, you, you name it, reaching out to say, hey, uh, our, our mask mandates have been lifted. Uh, uh, can the action team uh, come and have a table at our health fair? Can the action team have a speaker? Uh, we were blessed with partnering with a local community hospital. Uh, they brought their mobile unit uh, to one of our events and they funded uh, screening for 24 men. And uh, we were more than grateful uh, for those uh, alliances. So I say to all your listeners from Maine to Hawaii, from Florida uh, to California, Work with your hospitals, work with your health departments. However, I have to take a little hit at the health departments because if they're like us in North Carolina, they only see men for for um, HIV and sexually transmitted diseases and tuberculosis. Uh, they do not provide any other primary care. So the federally funded health centers are the backbone for uninsured African-American men. But to be quite honest with you, a lot of African-American men do have insurance. You know, it's improved greatly in the last 20 years. So we can take charge. So, you know, of course, we want to get people to come in and get their screening so we can see what their numbers are. But I guess the thing that I'm going to ask next, what kind of symptoms would you tell somebody if they're starting to have that they may need to go and well, get you? Well, a perfect question. Um, first, the most common symptom uh, for prostate cancer is no symptom at all. All right. However, 
Other symptoms may include difficulty urinating, starting, stopping, having a weak stream or interrupted stream, a need to urinate more often, burning or painful sensation when urinating. And to me, the scariest symptom is some of those plus having pain in the pelvic area or lower back. Uh, because that may indicate uh, a spread uh, to bone. Uh, so really, no symptom at all. But once you start having those difficulties with urination, please see your primary care physician and have a good talk. And please allow your primary care physician to do the digital rectal exam. You can't tell the whole story with just the blood. Is that not <laughs> that right? That is so true. I tell everybody. I had nothing to do with this. This is the uh, anatomy of the human body. When that primary care doc does that digital rectal exam, that part of the, uh, uh, when they stick into the rectum, they feel the uh, uh, side of the prostate that has the highest incidence of cancers. Now, you know, who? that's just the way it is. So that digital rectal will pick up things that the blood test may never pick up so uh, I just tell folks all the time, please, because I, I, you, you and I have both heard, well, I want a female doctor. I don't want this. Uh, this his hand's too big. Oh, gosh, old buddy. All right. <laughs> but some want female, but some want me. I don't want to I know, but, but I just think, look, <laughs> gentlemen, women get mammograms. And if any woman will tell you how they feel smushed uh, by that mammogram, and, and, and fellas, you have not had a spectrum, a speculum inserted in your body, all right? No, you, just, you, can, you can tolerate 30 seconds, all right? Maybe a minute at, at best. Uh, but both the, the blood test, the PSA, because the PSA, in all honesty to you, is another little useful tool. So because we talk about velocity or the rate of change in that number, I give my, for myself, I'm at 2.2 for my PSA. Next year, uh, when I see my doc for my annual physical, if I see a two, if they, if, he, if she tells me, uh, Jim, you've got a 2.3, I'm not going to get too excited. She won't get too excited. But if she says to me, Jim, you got a 3.0, that rate of change in that 12-month period may indicate something's going on. And so she and I are going to have that talk. Do we come back in 90 days and get another PSA and another digital rectal? Or do you want to refer me at 72 to a urologist now? But that's a personal decision that should be made between the man and his or her primary care physician. The main thing with this, though, is this. I see people who come in and I will see them one year and then I may not see them back for two or three years. And they're not keeping up with their PSA, you know. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of unfortunate information where people aren't, uh, even the healthcare providers are not doing them in the manner that I think they should be doing. I'm old school. No, you're right. And I really feel that they should be done every year, okay? And some of these, um, you know, newer things, they have not been doing them every year. And we have had also an increase in the number of people who have ended up with prostate cancer because of this. I think we're getting back now to the point that people are doing them on a more regular basis. I also have some problems with this waiting that sometimes people are doing. The numbers are elevated and they just kind of wait. I have a little problem with that. 
Help me out. Well, I certainly understand. You know, at one time, uh, the term watchful waiting was in vogue. And all of us really were not in favor of that. That no. that basically meant to me, let's wait till the bomb explodes. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, we've moved to what we call active surveillance. Uh, and I like that term a little better because that means that that physician is going to do that digital rectal on a, on a, every two to three months, is going to watch that PSA every two to three months. And to be quite honest with you, however, for many of the people that I see as uh, and being a psychiatrist, these men, when they have something suspicious, the least the ones I've come into contact with, a lot of them say, Doc, I want to be referred right away. I don't want mm. you to wait around and, and, and watch anything or active this. I want some action um, uh, because um, uh, I want this out of my uh, – but, but we have to educate because, yes, surgery is a, a very effective tool, but radiation – uh, other there's uh, there are multiple tools available, so, but I like to have informed folks. But from a mental health perspective, honestly, Doc, these brothers cut it out. I want this thing out of me, okay? Uh, and you halfway can't blame them. Uh, uh, in, in all honesty, to you, uh, but but the bottom line still is it's important to to be proactive. We as an action team give out a uh, a business card that's a five year card that has the date of your annual physical, your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your PSA number, the fact that you did have a digital rectal exam along with your annual physical and and that card they keep in their wallet and they can follow their own personal numbers over a five year period. Uh, but you mentioned something else that I think is important. If I could just add real quick, prior to COVID, eighty and above was the fastest growing age group in America. Now, unfortunately, COVID took a lot of that group away. Unfortunately, God, uh, and I'm so sorry. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but the reality is that we could get back to that age group being uh, robust again uh, uh, with you know, vaccinations and boosters and like. So, but, so what I've said to my medical community, friends, don't write 70 years and 80 years off, all right? Uh, I, I had to have the discussion with my GI doc. Uh, he, they, didn't want to ske- they didn't schedule me for my colonoscopy. I said, wait a minute, doc. Hold tight now, brother. I'm 72, <laughs> all right? I, I plan, I mean, uh, uh, please, I want 20 more years. I want to join the doctor's 114-year club. So he understood, and I will get uh, screened, but I'll tell you a quick story. I knew of a very uh, nice gentleman, 80 years old. Uh, the nurse at his primary care doc's office said, oh, you can wait another year. You're 80. But, you know, and he said, OK, uh, he, he just like you just said earlier, he missed the next appointment. So he shows up at 82 and unfortunately, stage four prostate cancer. So African-American men, men, Native American, white, black, purple, green and the sound of our voice, please Get your annual physical. Please get that PSA. Get that digital rectal uh, because it doesn't make any sense uh, to wait uh, and and, and skip it. Uh, And again, if we, through modern medicine, are living into our 80s, 
we need to be seen by a primary care doctor. Doc, you are the most important thing in our lives. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like that. But, you know, you're so right. And, and, and the thing that, you know, that I have problems with is because we are working very hard to keep our patients healthy, alive, moving, viable. And a lot of people in their 70s, 80s and even 90s are very viable. Correct. And they are the glue that holds a lot of families Correct. together. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me when, you know, we are not doing screening examinations on these people because I've seen it happen with breast cancer where we didn't do the screening. They were told that they didn't need to have it done at a certain period of time and they were doing perfectly well. And then they come up at 87 still, you know, doing what they do, taking care of kids, you know, running the family. And they are struck with breast cancer. And, you know, my thing is, if we had been doing this on a regular basis, we would have gotten it early and we wouldn't be in the shape that we are in now. So, you know, I am a big proponent that we need to look at this system again and we cannot have it age specific. People are viable. People are moving around. There is no reason in my book we should not be doing all of these screening examinations so that we can have these people continue to be healthy and viable members of our community because they are wanted, they are loved and they are needed. Amen. I think you're you're you're, it's a powerful statement and you are so true. Uh, And uh, I occasionally will talk with uh, insurance providers about uh, uh, please. Um, It's cheaper to screen a, a 75 year old than to pay for surgery or pay for chemo. Um, uh, and, and the economic impact, like you said, on the family uh, is, is huge. So uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, the action team uh, just is there. Um, and, 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 and all of you that are listening to Doc and myself, um, I, I think what we need to also say to you, become active in your community. Think about your health. Be proactive. Uh, we all can contribute in any small way, in any big way. Uh, and, and so um, we're talking about prostate cancer today, a disease, a cancer. If caught early, it's almost 100% curable. You can't get much better than that. But if you delay and you come in at stage four, we don't have the magic that you think we have. Um, and so screen now, age 40 and above, uh, uh, get that digital rectal, put your pride in your pocket. <laughs> Let me just ask sure. you now, I know that there's, you know, states such as North Carolina, they have action teams. Do they have these in other states? You know, are, are you know, is this a national organization or, or what is this? It is not a national organization, but we do partner uh, with many organizations outside the state of North Carolina. And one of our big supporters is FIN, Prostate Health Education Network, P-H-E-N. And Prostate Health Education Network is more a national organization uh, uh, that that holds what we call prostate cancer rallies 
in, in, in every state. This year, uh, after COVID, they just did the East Coast, starting from Massachusetts, working all the way down to uh, uh, Florida. Uh, and organizations like Finn then work and help bolster other community uh, organizations to help them. And they give them materials. They provide speakers and the like. We do that here in North Carolina and South Carolina, uh, but we're just basically two states, um, uh, whereas Finn is national. Well, you know, I hope people are listening and I hope people are making plans if they've not had their uh, prostate check that they will. Because, you know, as you said, COVID kept a lot of people from going in and be, being seen. And just as, as you said that we're you know, you're seeing more people with prostate cancer. Unfortunately, we're seeing more people with breast cancer and all kinds of uh, cancers have, you know, increased uh, because people, you know, miss their screening. And that just tells you the importance of screening and how important it is that people understand that this is one of the things that you should be doing on a regular basis. You know, as I call it, get your maintenance examination. You know, uh, I tell people that, if their car needed a prostate exam <laughs> and that red light came on in the car, they'd be running to a mechanic. So true. And I tell people all the time, your red light is on. You need to be coming in and, uh, you know, seeing so that you can see what's going on. Doc, well so said. Doc, well said. <laughs> Doc, we're getting down to the end of our time together. And this has been so enjoyable. But I'd like to give you a few minutes to just say and give your pearls of wisdom that you like people to understand and to remember, you know, about this subject. Uh, African-American men within the sound of our voice, your families need you. We need you. The nation needs you. And you have, if you have health insurance, please take advantage of it. And you are an economic engine in your family. You can be a support system in your family. Uh, and I just say, set an example for the next generation that they should get their annual physical starting at the age of 40 with that PSA and that digital rectal and work with a primary care doc because we want you to have total well-being, not just prostate well-being. So I wish everybody in the sound of our voice uh, to listen with this doc who's, uh, who has been so kind to allow me to have a few minutes of your time. Uh, the message is important and please tune in to her podcast. Okay, well, thank you so much. We have been so very pleased to have back at our microphones today, Dr. James Smith. Dr. Smith is here because of prostate cancer awareness. He has seen and has rung the bell about making sure that we all know about prostate cancer, that we get our prostate uh, you know, cancer checked in our uh, males. And remember that, as you know, you said, some of our males have a very aggressive form and they need to go ahead and get it taken care of. So, Dr. Smith, thank you so much for being with us. And we look forward to talking to you very soon about another subject. It'll be my honor. Have a good day. It's a matter of your health. It's produced by To The Point Media with production help from George Majette. Breland Halston is our intern. Like It's a Matter of Your Health on Facebook. 
find past episodes and my weekly blog on our website at www.drblandradio.com. Subscribe to It's a Matter of Your Health podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dr. Vita Bland, board-certified family medicine doctor and hypertension specialist. And until next time, remember that it is a matter of your health. Goodbye.